You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. First Samuel chapter 12, and we'll begin reading in verse number 20. The Bible says, And Samuel said unto the people, Fear not, ye have done all this wickedness, Yet turn not aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. And turn ye not aside, for then should ye go after vain things, which cannot profit nor deliver, for they are vain. For the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake, because it hath pleased the Lord to make you his people. Moreover, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. But I will teach you the good and the right way. Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart. For consider great, uh, how great things he hath done for you. But if ye shall still do wickedly, ye shall be consumed, both ye and your king. Amen. And let's pray. Our Father, I pray you'd speak to us as we look at your word. I pray that it would come alive. I pray that... Uh, we would see some things, and I pray that you would show us and teach us some things from your word that we need uh, that will help us for this day and for this week and for the days ahead. I thank you for the singing. I thank you for uh, the faithfulness of your people. I thank you for all of the classes, junior churches, our bus ministry. I think of those who are at home today, those who are sick and not able to be here, those who are shut in. I pray your blessing upon those who are listening by way of radio, uh, those who are watching this service. I thank you for uh, the many guests that we have here today. I thank you for those that were here in the early service. And I pray now that you would help us not to miss uh, the truth from your word that is before us today. We ask and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. We read, or Brother Dan read for us in 1 Samuel 12, verse number 20. Middle of the verse, it says, Yet... Turn not aside from following the Lord. We saw in verse 21, And turn ye not aside, for then should you go after vain things which cannot profit nor deliver, for they are vain. I'd like to preach to you this morning for a few moments on the subject of turn not aside from following the Lord. Exodus 32, you don't have to turn there, but in this passage, in verse number 7, the Bible tells us that while Moses was up on the mountain receiving the Ten Commandments from God, it says in verse 7, The Lord said unto Moses, Go get thee down, for thy people which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way. You know what's so amazing to me? It's amazing to me how quickly we can turn aside from following the Lord. Here we are in March. Our theme for the year for 2023, our emphasis has been to follow Jesus. And maybe you started in January. You started, you say, I'm not going to miss church. I'm not going to miss my Bible reading. I'm not going to miss my prayer time. I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to, I'm going to tithe. I'm going to bring my offerings. I'm going to be a witness. I'm going to do, and you fill in the blank, whatever you determine to do in January. Well, here we are in March, and maybe for some, if we're honest, we have to say, we've turned aside. Maybe you started in January, and 
You started in January, not with spiritual goals. Maybe you started with some physical goals. Maybe you said, no more sugar. Yeah, some of you get nervous now. You said in January, no more ice cream. Whew. Man, talk about withdrawals there, right? Or maybe you said in January, I'm going to exercise every day. And maybe you set that as your goal. And maybe you, you, you got some momentum going. Maybe you got a week, seven days, no sugar, and, and you exercised. And I mean, you weren't even eating hamburgers. You weren't even eating French fries. I mean, you weren't eating anything that tasted good. It was all healthy. None of it tasted good. It was all healthy, right? And maybe you had a week. And maybe you got two weeks. And maybe you had some momentum and all that you put into that and, and you were on a roll. You, were, you, were, you had your eyes on the prize, so to speak. And then all it took was somebody to come by your house with a box of Krispy Kreme donuts. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how quickly you can get off track? Isn't it amazing how you can work and work and work and you can build momentum and you can kind of get on a roll and then all of a sudden you can get off, not just off track, you get off the wagon. I mean, you're, you're off big time. Well, can I tell you the same is true in the Christian life? You work so hard and you focus and you pray and you ask God to help you and all it takes sometimes is just that old devil coming by and he'll catch you at a weak moment. That devil, by the way, he is a liar. He is a deceiver. He makes sin look so good. Uh, he'll, he'll try to get you off course, and he will do anything he can to keep you from serving God. He'll do anything he can to stop you from following Jesus. And here in 1 Samuel chapter 12, we see that Samuel is pleading with the people, and he is begging the people, and he says, please do not turn aside. Don't get off track. I want you to see quickly in this passage by way of introduction, we see that the people had sinned. The Bible says in verse number nine that when they forget the Lord, their God. I want to remind you this morning that it is a sin to forget God. If you go through your day or you go through your week or you go through your life and you don't think about God, that is a problem. Because God is the one that gave you life and he's the one that gave you breath. And God is the one that puts you into this world and God is the one that has a purpose. And what a shame when God's people forget the very God that created them. They forgot God. That's a sin. But notice verse 10. They cried unto the Lord and they said, We have sinned because we have forsaken the Lord. It doesn't stop with forgetting God. Once you forget God, you will replace God with something or something else. You will worship something. There will be something in your life that will drive you. There will be something that will draw you. And the Bible says they forsook God and they started worshiping and serving Balaam and Ashtaroth, the gods of the heathen. The Bible says in verse number 12 that they wanted a king. It says that they saw that Nahash, the king of the children of Ammon, came against them. And they said, no, they said, we want a king too. We want to be like everybody else. Have you ever noticed that for all of us, there's something inside of us that you want to fit in? Right? You, you want to blend in. You don't want to stand out and be different. And the children of Israel were the same. 
They said, why does everybody else get a king? Why does everybody else have a figurehead? Why does everybody else have a man who sits on a throne and he wears a crown and, and we don't have a king? Oh, time out. They had something better than a king sitting on a throne in a palace. They had God. God was their king and he sat on a throne in heaven. He was the king of kings and Lord of lords, but yet they wanted to be like everybody else. They said, we want a king. And Samuel, he, 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 he corrects them and he, he tells them, he says, that was not good. They, they wanted someone that they could see rather than a God that they would trust. The Bible says in verse number 15, if you will not obey the voice of the Lord, but if you rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then shall the hand of the Lord be against you as it was against your fathers. Verse 17, is it not wheat harvest today? I will call unto the Lord and he shall send thunder and rain that ye may perceive and see that your wickedness is great, which ye have done in the sight of the Lord in asking you a king. Verse number 19, and the people said unto Samuel, pray for thy servants unto the Lord thy God that we die not for we have added unto all our sins this evil to ask us a king. In verse 20, and Samuel said unto the people, fear not, ye have done all this wickedness. Now I read that verse and I thought, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. We should be afraid, right? When you sin, there ought to be a, a, a fear. But Samuel says, hey, you have sinned. You have done all this wickedness. But he says this, don't fear. You know why you don't have to fear when you've sinned? Because we have a God that forgives. We have a God that cleanses. We have a God that justifies. We have a God that can take our sin and our filth and he can cleanse it and he can wash us and he can make us new. Friend, I want to tell you, as I was reading this passage about how wicked these people were, I thought, you know what? That's a lot like us. You know what we are? We're wicked. The Bible says, Brother Dan was uh, talking about in Sunday school this morning, that all of our righteousness, all the best we have to offer God is like filthy rags in the sight of God. We are a wicked people. We are sinful people. But yet we have a God that is quick to forgive. We have a God that is full of mercy. We have a God that pardons. We have a God that restores. And friend, I'm so glad to tell you that if it weren't for the forgiveness of God, we wouldn't be here today. If it weren't for the forgiveness of God, none of us deserve to be in this place. None of us deserve the blessing of God, but it's because of his mercy. His mercies are new every morning. Hallelujah for that. And you may be here today and you say, Pastor... You're talking about me. Say, Pastor, if you knew my past and you knew what I've done, and if you knew what I've done this week, or if you know the things that have gone on in my mind, and if you've known the things that have gone on behind closed doors, Pastor, you would know that I'm a sinner and I'm wicked before God. And I stand here today to say, join the crowd. We're all a bunch of sinners, but praise God, there's a God that forgives. There's a God of mercy. There is a God of grace. And Samuel says, fear not, ye have done all this wickedness, yet turn not aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. Samuel says, there is hope for you. And friend, I want to tell you, there's hope for us. 
How can we not turn aside? How can we keep following the Lord? Let me give you a few thoughts quickly and uh, we'll go home and eat lunch and take a nap and come back tonight. Here we go. Number one, how do we, how do we continue to follow the Lord? How do we keep from turning aside? Number one, there must be a focus. You see, this idea of turning aside, it, it has, it's the idea that you, you, you depart out of the way. If we were to send you today, we were to say, all right, we want everybody to meet. We're going to Littleton. Now, I'm sure there's a lot of great things in Littleton. I don't have anything you know, in, in mind of what, where we're all going in Littleton, but I said, all right, every, everybody go to Littleton. So you get out here and you get on Zoo Road and you go to 158 and you head west on 158 and you're on 158. You're headed west, but there's all these signs. Garage sale. <laughs> Estate sale. Or here's one that would get a lot of us. Coffee. <laughs> Donuts. You know, whatever it is. You know, uh, hamburgers, french fries, whatever it is. And, and if you're not careful, you'll get off track. And, and you'll get off of the road that leads to the destination. Friend, I want to tell you, when you decide you're going to serve God and follow God, you can't get off track. You can't follow every, every rabbit. You can't get off on every tangent. you got to keep your eyes on serving the Lord. If you don't, you'll find out it's easy to get away from God. You'll find out that you can very quickly get off course if you don't stay on the right path. Focus, number one. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Focus on the Lord. You know, church is a wonderful thing. You know what church does? It helps us get our focus back on serving God. When we come to church, you know, it's a good, it's a good reset button. It's a good reminder of, hey, let's keep loving God. Let's keep serving God. Let's keep our eyes on Him. When you come to church, I know we have fellowship and we chit-chat and we have a good time. But when it comes to preaching time, I'm not here to tell you about the stock market. I'm not here to tell you about politics. I'm not here to tell you about how to be a better you and how to build wealth. And I'm not here to tell you how to have a better self-esteem. I'm here to tell you about what God says. I'm here to tell you about what the Bible says. And I'm here to say, let's get our focus back on the Lord. Number one, focus. The Bible says, if you do turn aside, you'll follow after vain things which cannot profit nor deliver for they are vain. That word vain it means empty. Have you ever, have you ever pursued something? Maybe it was, a, uh, maybe it was a, a hobby or maybe it was some kind of a, um, a, a certain thing in your life that you got really excited about for a while and then you realized, this is pointless. This actually cost me a lot of money and it took a lot of time and it really didn't do anything for me. Well, friend, I want to tell you, there's only one thing that's going to bring you true satisfaction and true contentment in life and that is when you follow the Lord follow Jesus keep your focus on him number one the word is focus number two is follow we've already talked about following but let's look at verse number 14 it says at the end of the verse that you continue following your God verse number 22 why should we follow God well verse 22 tells us we belong to God we are his people it just makes sense that as God's people, we would follow him. He's the leader. He's the one in charge. And we should follow him because we belong to him. But then I love this, verse 23. Moreover, as for me, God forbid, 
that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. But I will teach you the good in the right way. We see that as we follow God, we see the importance of prayer. Did you know that prayer is necessary every day in the life of the Christian? We have Wednesday night, we have a prayer uh, meeting, we have a prayer sheet, we have a, a Facebook prayer group, we have a, a phone prayer line, and those are wonderful. But those don't substitute for actually praying. God wants us to pray. God commands us to pray. And Samuel says, God forbid that I should stop praying for you. You say, oh, well, pastor, that's just because he was the spiritual leader. He was supposed to pray for the people. And I would say, yes, uh, pastors should pray for people. Sunday school teachers should pray for people and deacons should pray for people and school teachers should pray for people and parents should pray for their children. But I got another one for you. Did you know as Christians, we are all commanded to pray for one another? Amen. That's something we're all supposed to do. And you know, it's amazing if you'll pray for others, you won't gossip about them quite as much. If you'll pray for others, you won't criticize them. If you'll pray for others, you won't be getting on Facebook and telling everybody how bad they are if you'll pray for people. But God forbid, Samuel says, that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. He says, but I will teach you the good in the right way. I want to remind you and I want to remind all of us this morning that we need teaching. We need somebody that's going to show us the right way. Uh, my wife and I, this past week, we were in California. We were at this pastor's conference, and, and we enjoyed going to the services. We, you know what we did last Sunday? We slept in. We watched cartoons. No, no. You know what we did last Sunday? We went to Sunday school. And we sat in Sunday school, and we enjoyed it. We went to church, and we sat in church, and we enjoyed it. We went, to, we went back to church Sunday night. We liked it so much Sunday morning that we went back in the evening, and we did it again. And you know what we did Monday night? We went to church. You know, we did Tuesday morning, we went to church. Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, Wednesday night. You know why? Because I'm a pastor and my wife's a pastor's wife, but we need preaching. And we need somebody to show us and we need somebody to instruct us. And friend, we all need that. And I know I'm preaching to the choir because you're here this morning. You came to church. But I want to tell you, every born-again child of God needs a church. Every born-again child of God needs a pastor. Every born-again child of God needs a Sunday school teacher. We need people that will point us in the right way. For you young people that are in the auditorium, you need a mom and dad that'll point you in the right way. You need a teacher. You need a coach. You need a spiritual authority. You need somebody that can help you because we don't know the right way. We need God to lead us. We need God to show us, and we need people to point us in the right direction. Number one, there must be focus. Number two, we must follow. But number three, there must be a fervency. The Bible says in verse number 20 that we should serve the Lord with all of our heart. Verse number 24, only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart. We get to the New Testament and they asked Jesus, they said, what is the greatest commandment? Of all the commandments, what's the greatest? You know what Jesus said? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Here's what I'm saying this morning is there needs to be a fervency. There needs to be a passion. The Christian life cannot be casual, Amen. although it is for many people. The Christian life cannot just be a routine. The Christian life cannot just be another box that you check off your week and say, all right, been there, done that. 
there needs to be a passion. When I was in junior high and high school, I played on a soccer team in our Christian school, and my dad was our soccer coach. My dad uh, was, he was an amazing, we didn't have a large Christian school, but my dad really took a, a group of, 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 of guys and really worked with them and developed them. And it was amazing. We won some games we should not have won. You know, we didn't have very many. We didn't have a lot of talent. We were small, but we had a good time. One of the things that my dad instilled in that team, and I was on that team as a player, I got to play. He instilled in us, he says, he said that when you're on that field, you got to give 100%. And here's what he'd say. He said, if you're, if you're running for a loose ball and somebody on the other team is running for that loose ball, he'd say this. He's like, you got to go all in. He said, you can't hesitate. You can't back up. You can't be afraid of a collision. You just got to give it your all. Well, I was in seventh or eighth grade at the time. I remember this story. And I remember him saying, Jeremy, you can't back down. You got to run through the ball. That's what he always say. Run through the ball. I don't know if that's good soccer advice or not, but that was what the coach said, so that's what we were going to do, you know? We were going to win those loose balls. I remember there was one particular game, and in my mind, I could hear my dad saying, Jeremy, run through the ball. Jeremy, don't back down. And I'm just a little shrimp. I mean, I'm just a little guy. And there's some big old giants on the other team, and I'm running for a loose ball, and I feel like David, and it looked like Goliath was coming at me. But I determined I was going to do my best to run through the ball. And I didn't run through the ball. I tried to run through the ball, but the problem is the freight train coming the other way, he nailed me. And he knocked me down. And I was on the ground. The game kind of went on for a little bit. And finally, one of the refs blew the whistle. And they, you know, called somebody over there. And they, they literally had to almost like pry me off the field. I was like a pancake, you know, and it got me off. And I'm hobbling off the field. And I remember thinking, oh, man, I didn't get the ball, you know. I got leveled. And I remember coming over the sideline, and I remember my dad. He was pretty intense as a coach. He was great. He said, Jeremy. And I thought, oh, no, here it comes. What did I do wrong? He said, great job. You didn't back down. You ran through the ball. And I'm thinking, yeah, but I'm not so sure that was worth it. I got hurt, you know. And for the next three days, you know, I'm limping around. But, hey, you know, at least I didn't back down. And can I tell you? Sometimes in the Christian life, now hang on, sometimes in the Christian life when you give it your all, you get knocked down. Amen. Sometimes in the Christian life you give it your all and somebody knocks you down. Amen. Sometimes in the Christian life you give it your all and it doesn't seem like the results are what you thought they would be. But if you're living for results, you're going to be disappointed. But if you're living to please the Lord, you can give it your all and you can say, I'm going to leave the results up to God. Because what matters to me is that I hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. What matters to me is that I know God said to love him with all my heart, soul, mind and strength. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. People may not like it. People may not agree with it. People mis may misunderstand me. People may criticize me. People may think I'm weird. They may think I'm strange. But I'm not in this thing to please people. Amen. I'm in this thing to please the Lord. Amen. And Samuel told the people, he said, it's time to serve the Lord. It's time to fear the Lord with all of your heart. There must be a fervency. We've got a lot of half-hearted Christians when in reality God's looking for Christians that will serve him with their whole heart with all of their heart. 
I see the fervency. Number four, quickly, I see the faithfulness of God. Verse 22. For the Lord will not forsake his people for his great namesake, because it has pleased the Lord to make you his people. As you serve God with all your heart, I want to remind you today that God will not let you down. God will always be faithful to you. That is one of his qualities. That is one of his characteristics is that he is faithful. And I got good news for you. God never changes. So if he was faithful in 1 Samuel, he's faithful today. If he was faithful in Lamentations, he's faithful today. Revelation 19 says when Jesus comes back, he is faithful and he's true. And he will be faithful forever and ever and ever. You can count on God. He is faithful. Number five, I see quickly, Samuel reminds the people to fear the Lord. Verse number 14, if you will fear the Lord. Verse number 18, the people greatly feared the Lord. Verse number 24, only fear the Lord. I ask you this morning, do you fear the Lord? Do you have a reverence for God? Do you have a respect for God? Do you have an awe for the things of God? I hope when we come to church, I hope we never lose the fear of God. I hope that when you open the Bible and turn the pages of Scripture, I hope you never lose the the wow. I hope you never lose the wonder of it all. I hope you never lose the wonder of your salvation. I hope that when when you kneel to pray, I hope you never lose the amazing fact that you and I get to enter into the presence of Almighty God. Samuel said, fear the Lord. Number six, quickly, I see there must be a firmness. You say, Pastor, where do you see a firmness in here? Well, look at verse number 24. The Bible says, only fear the Lord and serve him in, what's that next word? You see it? Truth. Serve him in truth. That word truth, of course, it means those things that are right, those things that are true. But that word also has the definition of something that is a solid foundation. And you know, as you serve the Lord and as you follow God, you need a foundation. You need to build your life upon that which is true. A lot of things in this world are changing quickly. A lot of people in this world are changing quickly. If you build your life upon a person, you will be disappointed. That's why our theme for the year, it doesn't say follow Jeremy. It doesn't say follow a pastor or follow a deacon or follow a Sunday school teacher, but that's why the theme says follow Jesus because he never changes. He is a solid foundation for your life. He is the rock of ages that never changes. I'm thankful that we can serve God in truth. There must be a foundation for serving God. Serving the Lord must be done God's way and according to his word. Number seven, very quickly, I see the favor of God. It says in verse 24, Only fear the Lord and serve Him in truth with all your heart, for consider how great things He hath done for you. I want to ask you a question, and then again, this is not a trick question, but I want you to think about it before you answer it. This is a yes or no. Do you deserve any of the blessings that God has given to you? No. no. That's the correct answer. The correct, correct answer is no. We don't deserve those blessings. But here's what it says. It says, for consider, think about, ponder, meditate, give attention to how great things 
he hath done for you. So if we don't deserve those blessings, you don't deserve them, I don't deserve them, none of us deserve anything good from God. What we deserve is God's judgment. What we deserve is God's wrath. What we deserve is to pay the price for our sin. We don't deserve anything good. If that's true, and it is, then that means that Jesus didn't have to die. Now, he did, and I'm glad he did. We wouldn't be here today if he hadn't died on a cross and paid the price, but he didn't have to die. God didn't have to send his son. God didn't have to uh, let you wake up this morning. God didn't have to give you air. He didn't have to keep your, your heart beating. He didn't have to keep the blood pumping, but he did. And that means everything good in our lives is all because of him. And that's the favor of God. I want to remind you, we don't deserve to live in the United States of America. We don't deserve to have all the blessings and we don't deserve salvation and we don't deserve forgiveness and we don't deserve uh, the, 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 the justification that we've been given. We don't deserve any of that. It's all because of the goodness of God. And Samuel says, for consider, think about, give attention to the great things he hath done for us. Would you sing with me that little chorus? God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me. Hey, this week, when you're going through your week, everything good, would you recognize it, consider it, think about it? And remember that it's not because we deserve it. It's just because God is good. That's the favor of God. I'll close with this, verse number 25. I, I was tempted to end on that note of number 7, the favor of God. But you know, verse 25 is in this chapter. And I believe God's got it there for a reason. The Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. But look at verse 25. We see number eight, we see the failure. The failure is, in verse 25, if ye shall still do wickedly, ye shall be consumed, both ye and your king. Did you know that there are consequences for sin? You say, well, 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 pastor, you told us at the beginning that God forgives. And he does forgive. But you know what's necessary for forgiveness? Confession. But many Christians want to live in sin. They don't want to confess it. They don't want to forsake it. They don't want to get it right. They just want to keep on living. Oh, hey, we're under grace. We've got liberty. We can live however we want. And the answer to that is absolutely you cannot live however you want. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. And Samuel reminds the people, he says, hey, if you keep living wickedly, if you keep forsaking God and you keep worshiping these false gods, there is coming a judgment day. And he said, you shall be consumed. Friend, I want to tell you, if you're here today and you've gotten away from God, God is merciful that he's given us another opportunity to get right. But let's get right today. Let's get right today. Let's get back on track today. Let's get back to following Jesus today. Let's not turn aside. 
but let's follow the Lord with all of our heart. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.